Yo, check this out. This is Investing Podcast. I am here with a very talented artist from Texas. His name is Casino ATX. Is that correct? Right? Casino ATX. You got it, baby. Casino ATX. Uh, so what what part of what part of Texas are you from, man? Well, uh uh kind of like from the name, uh Casino ATX. I'm out of Austin, Texas. Uh, uh, pretty much raised up here. I was born in Houston, lived all over Texas, but Austin is pretty much my hometown. Okay, how, man, the thing with with uh, Texas, man, it has uh, you being a hip hop artist, man. It has such a rich, rich history of hip hop, man. Yeah. How has that played an influence in your life? Oh man. Um, well, big time. I mean, like you said, Texas Texas has had a lot of hip-hop here for a very long time. So almost from the inception of hip-hop, I, I mean, within a couple of years of me first becoming a fan of rap music, it was like, boom, all of a sudden it was like, oh, we got, especially living in Houston, you know, it was like, we got people right here in our hometown that were doing it. So uh, I quickly became a fan of, you know, Scarface, Ghetto Boys. Um, and then from there, you know, it kind of grew uh, into other groups. Uh, you know, you had like Zero, you got Trey, you got the whole screwed up click movement, DJ Screw and all of them. Um, I mean, you know, the, it just goes on and on as far as when it comes to Texas hip hop. So it was a major influence of mine for sure. Yeah, man. The um, UGK, man, one of my favorite groups of all time. Have you ever seen any of these guys um, like in a live performance or anything? Uh, I like. Okay, uh, like these these Absolutely. these dudes, Pimp C and Bum B, man, I feel like they they are so underrated. As big of legends as they are, like when when people mm-hmm. go back and listen to their music, oh my god, as lyricists, man, these dudes are like, man, they could compete with the best, man. In my opinion, oh man, I agree a hundred percent. And um, uh, not only do I think they could compete, like I really feel that a lot of the trends that are that got popular i'd say in the last let's say the last decade right a lot of the things that became popular over the past decade they were doing back in the 90s you know all of this sip and lean and everything they you know that's that's been a texas thing for a very long time i mean not that other people weren't doing it but it it was like a huge staple of the lifestyle down here Back in, you know, like the, the mid to late 90s, I remember a lot of people, you know, sipping lean back then. It was a part of the it was part of the culture here. Yeah. Um, uh, shoot, you know, they even that's why, you know, even they got to do features with Jay-Z and Outkast. And I mean, slew of other big time artists that, that reached out to them to work with just goes to show how revered they were and how they really should be looked at. I think I think with a little bit more reverence in in the current day hip-hop market but you know it is what it is yeah hell yeah man so with with all this rich history like uh how did you uh start doing uh getting into involved in hip-hop man well what really got me into in the hip-hop i'd say um so i used to be uh i used to be in the band right <laughs> I was in band in high school and all of that. I always loved music. Yeah, same, same. Um, I've been playing. Same, same yeah. Same. I've been playing musical instruments since I was like six or seven, right? So, 
over the years, you know, I got, I, I really, I always kind of liked rap music, but what made me really start to want to do it myself, um, when I was in school, there was, um, like I said, I was in band. And so we would, I was in the percussion section. So, you know, we played the drums and all of that stuff. And, uh, anybody that knows anything about music or the band, you know, the, the drum section, we're the rhythm section. We keep everything, we keep you on time. We keep everything grooving, you know? So we used to, we used to play in the, in between the games, you know, at the football games, we had a pretty cool band teacher and, uh, he would let us play, you know, hip hop songs. If we figured out how to play them, he'd let us play it in between stuff. And so, you know, but behind that, between us learning how to play certain songs that were popular on the radio, I just kind of started freestyling more and more. Um, a lot of the other kids at school would freestyle. Um, the school I went to, we had a kid that actually was a pretty well-known rapper here in Austin at the time, a guy named Nook. And he was already out doing shows and things and opening up for, for people um, when they would come through Austin. And so behind freestyling and messing around doing that, I ended up meeting him. We got real cool. And then I became his hype man. And so I started being his hype man back when I was like 16 years old. And, uh, you know, we'd run around and do shows. I was his hype man. And it just kind of, it just stayed with me from there. And I just kept going. Okay. Hell yeah. So you, you put out, I'm I'm sure you put out, um, tapes and things before you you put them on the internet and things like that um so you've put out uh how many tapes so far on the on, let's see online. online okay um now i've been in some groups so you could find uh two two of the groups i was in had some stuff out uh so we had an album out called um street takeover i was in a group called gutter gang and um so we got that out uh, I had a real big hit uh, called Game Time. Uh, you can find that online. Uh, another group I was in, we put an album out called uh, PFF, <laughs> uh, Party uh, F-Word Fight. So <laughs> um, that was a good one. So that one's out. Uh, that was actually a mixtape we did with uh, DJ Latin Prince with the uh, Bum Squad DJs. Uh, that's online. And then I have... Ooh man, I've got at least I've got at least seven solo projects that are online, uh, from mixtapes to actual albums. Uh, you pretty much find those anywhere. Um, you know, just search for it. I'm easy to find. Casino ATX. Uh, you could even if you want to do a direct buy through me, you could go to my Bandcamp page, casinoatx.bandcamp.com. You can find most of my solo joints there. Um, I got a new album that I just put out with my partner, uh, That Boy Super. And that's uh, that's actually out right now. You could get that uh, uh, on any of the major uh, online distributors. And that's actually we just put that out through um, the Orchard slash Sony. Uh, that album's called Afro Futuristic. And that that album is incredible, by the way, man. I like just listening to that whole album is it's incredible, dude. Um, the ones that yeah. really stuck out for me is uh, the the blessing song. Um, um, I, I think it's called uh, "Struggles to Blessings." Yeah. Okay. Dude, oh man, that song is beautiful. I I think every, that should that song should be everywhere, man. That song is man. beautiful as hell, man. I appreciate what, that. Yeah. What What was uh, the process of uh, making this album with him? Like, are you guys 
uh, you know, some nowadays you could just email songs back and forth like that. But I mean, I, I imagine you guys are in the studio together, sitting down, uh, collabing, like just figuring out what you guys want to do with it. You know, what was that, that process of making this last album? Well, uh, you, you're right. You hit the nail right on the head. We pretty much did everything um, together as far as um, so we, we went to the studio. Uh, we picked out all of the beats that we wanted to use together. Um, once we had the beats picked out, we had already kind of talked about con- con- concept wise what the album was going to be about or where we were going to try to go. Right. We had already had that in mind. Um, so from there, it was uh, we picked out the beats. We did that together. Once we had all of the beats picked out, we kind of sat in the studio uh, over a couple of weeks, you know, get together and we just wrote all the hooks. Right. I love writing hooks. That's really my that's I think that's one of my uh, that's probably my strongest. That's one of my strongest uh, features as a as an artist. Yeah, so, I can know, tell. I can tell, man, with that, with the B.I.T.C.H. song, the bitch <laughs> song. Oh, my God. I was like, this is cre- that was a creative ass joint right there, man. I give you so much props, especially with that hook. That was that was a really good song. I enjoyed that one, man. Oh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Well, and, and, that, and that's what I'm saying. You know, like um, uh, I try to make sure that even if I'm talking about something that, you know, if in anything new, maybe you've heard it before. Or, um, you know, everybody's done a song about, you know, bitch or bitches and whatever. But we wanted to try to not just uh, not just also put a little twist on it as far as what we were talking about, but make it, you know, interesting and creative with how you present it. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's why I I appreciate you like the hook. That's how come it came out that way. Um, But, uh, yeah, so that's what we did, man. You know, we got together, wrote all of the hooks. Now, once we had the hooks written, that's when we kind of went into our own corners. And, uh, you know, I, I wrote most of my verses by myself. He wrote his verses, uh, you know, that we we call each other up and be like, here, listen to this, and, you know, spit some bars over the phone. Uh, and then, you know, I, and he'd be like, OK, well, here's what I got. And, then, you know, me and Super, we're like uh, we're competitive. But at the same time, it's like a, it's like a friendly competition. You know, I feel like he makes me step my game up and uh, hopefully I make him feel the same way. You know, you got to step his game. up. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys mesh really well man you guys the way you guys collaborate it it sounds so natural man uh you guys are two two real spitters you guys are lyricists i could hear it man you guys i could tell you guys take so much time to write you guys make such incredible music man it, are you guys are like a group or are you guys just two kind of just just two homies just just collaborating well so here's the funny thing um, uh, we, we've been friends. We've been friends for quite a while now. Uh, we met, we met out performing. Um, there's a spot here in Austin that used to do a lot of like underground, uh, showcases. It's a, it's a, a bat bar. It's down on sixth street. And, um, he was performing at one of those. He was performing at one of those. And, um, and I was there to do a performance and we had never met before. And, um, you know, he was on stage doing his thing and I just really enjoyed his music and his performance. And, um, we got cool from there. Uh, about a year after we met, I started, um, I started doing like this, not really a management thing, but it was more like, um, like, uh, 
kind of like where you help artists get ready to put projects out and help them, you know, it, it was a little thing we called the fraternity. So it was a whole bunch of us. And uh, we just kind of banded together and we would share resources and, and push each other. And then next thing we know, it kind of like became this big, it was almost like a Texas Wu-Tang. It was a whole bunch of us. And we would go to shows together and, you know, support each other at shows, support each other's product coming out. And um, uh, he was one of the people in that organization. So we just been working real tough together. So uh, I had took a little break and he took a little break from music. And, um, you know, I, I, I took several years where I, I didn't put out any music. Um, and I think he didn't put anything out for about a year. So we were talking and it was like, well, you know, we were ready to get back, get back into it, get things back moving. So we decided, well, the best way is let's band together. Uh, me and him, you know, we, we always knew we liked each other's music a lot. So we just banded together and, and made this, you know, this hip hop thing, it's a, it's a blood sport, man, like down to the core what what is it like what's the environment like there in texas man is it is it kind of like a family type community because like when i when i see people like trade the truth always out um and about in the in the communities and stuff always always helping out and things like that and bum b and and things like that i i feel like it's more of a more of a community type uh uh environment there in texas but in your opinion what is it what's that like oh okay well, so first thing is like like the slogan, uh, everything's big in Texas. This place is huge. So the vibe that you got going on in Houston is definitely more like what you are describing, right? Um, but I also think that's because Houston actually has an, a, a very rich and deep established hip-hop community, and it's shown that it has some actual hip you know, there's some actual stars that have come out of there. So the resources that they could pull from and bring to their communities is uh, is a little bit um, more consistent than than a lot of other places in Texas as far as hip hop is concerned. So mm -hmm. I think um, Houston and Dallas, uh, they definitely are more um, community based and and pull in and, and get, uh, and are able to help their communities and uh, help each other. Right. Um, mm -hmm. now then you got the rest of Texas. Now the reason I say that is because you, you don't have any established acts in regards to rap or hip hop on a major national or international platform that have come out of any other city. Um, you know, probably the closest, the biggest artist to come out of San Antonio would be a guy by the name of Kyle Lee. Uh, but even, you know, his stuff, um, you know, probably his last big project is a few years off now. Um, you know, you got Austin, probably the biggest, the biggest person out of Austin right now is a young cat by the name of Quinn NFN. He's got a couple of, uh, really big singles that you can find online and he's buzzing real tough, but, um, you know, he's still, still trying to get himself known on a more, uh, national national network right so mm -hmm. austin is very much still um very homegrown um it's very it's it's very small as far as the hip-hop community is concerned a lot of people think you know oh, austin texas you know you hear sixth street and south by southwest and and uh acl and all of these things but 
they don't really look at the hip hop side for much of that. So you don't get a lot of artists that get that get showcased or a spotlight from those from those well-established things. So we're still real underground here. Um, now, with that being said, though, because we're underground, a lot of us do uh, work together. A lot of us do support each other. Um, uh, I, I've definitely seen some moments in, in Austin's hip hop history where, uh, you know, the community really did band together and, and not just the rap community, but I mean the, the normal regular community out here. And there's a lot of things going on. Uh, but it, we have yet to uh, we have yet to produce a major national or international rap act. So that still rears its ugly head every now and then. You know, you got a lot of people that want to be the first. Uh, so, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes we don't always work together when we should. But uh, some of us do. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When you're speaking of working together, you know, you guys. um Texas had that that flood um a, a couple of years back. Did that affect Austin at all? Yes. Um. Now, not that badly, uh, because Austin is more. Uh, we're kind of landlocked. We got a lot of lakes here, but um, the the ocean is a good ways away from Austin. So you know, when hurricanes and things like that come, it doesn't affect us directly. But what does end up happening is a lot of people come to Austin from those coastal towns when that stuff happens. So you'll get a lot of people that come here from Houston, uh, a lot like my family. You know, I, I was born in Houston, but so I have a lot of family here and in Houston. So when things happen there, you know, we're kind of like the place that they come to for refuge. And uh, you'll find a lot of families like that here, um, you know, where they have family along the coast that come into Austin. So it affects us in that sense. Um uh, so you do have a lot of that going on. Uh, but Austin's actually kind of in a nice spot because uh, it's like right in the middle of some things. So it doesn't get a doesn't get any of the really major bad weather things. You know, we flood when it rains a lot because we got all these lakes and rivers. So that's probably about the worst it gets here. OK, that, yeah. Um, thank God that you, you stayed out of that a little bit, you know, so. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, thank God, man. That that seemed really bad. Um, but when when I listen, um, getting back to your album, when I when I this last album that you guys put out, you and Supa, um, mm -hmm. you you guys had a lot of. I think the whole was the whole album produced by Tone Jones. Is that correct? yeah? Sure was. Um, and, oh no, yeah, go ahead. Man. I, Oh, I was just going to ask him, what, what, what is he guys, is he like a, a friend to you guys or, or is he just like a, a pretty uh, big producer over there? Cause the beats that he's making, man, is, is insane. Like, oh man. Who is he to you guys? Well, now <laughs> I can't speak for super. Um, I don't know how super and him met, uh, because I did not know him until a couple of years ago when um super had put out one of his albums and there was a couple of tracks that were produced by tone jones and i was like man you know who did those 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 beats are are dope so you know he told me um and i met tone online uh he actually is not from texas he doesn't live here um uh where does he live i want to say he lives in either jersey or philly don't quote me on that. Well, yeah, I'm being recorded, so I guess it is quoted. But you know what I'm saying. But I, he lives on the East Coast somewhere. Um, so we've only we I've only interacted with him, uh, you know, through uh, 
through social media, through the telephone. You know, we've only spoken that way. I've never met him in person, but he is so easy to work with. I mean, literally, you could just give him an idea and within days he's got he, he he's got stuff for you. Um, not only that, but not only is he good at making beats, but he's really good at writing hooks. He does a little bit of singing. Um, so matter of fact, the song on the album, Fake Friends, that's him uh, singing and doing that hook. So I love that song. I love oh, appreciate that song. it. Appreciate yeah. it. But yeah, no, he's super easy to work with. Uh, any 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 up and coming rappers out there, like definitely get it, get in touch with the guy. He's very easy to find. You you don't even have to talk to him if you don't want to. If you're one of those major introverts and you just want your beat, you could go onto his website, Tone Jones. Uh, just like it sounds, tonejones.com. You can go on his website and purchase beats. He's super easy to work with. Nice guy. Yeah, man. With that, with that fake friend song, um, that first verse on there, man, was, it was really like, I've been feeling that way about social media. It's about social media and how it's kind of affecting us as a people, man. And it, like, I don't know, man, do you, do you feel like it's the social media thing? Do you think like how, how much do you really think <laughs> it's affecting us, man? <laughs> big time, big time. Um, it's, it's affected every, every, every facet of our lives. Um, just from a musical standpoint, I remember, um, so when I first got started with music, right, we were still, I mean, this is right, this is right before the internet, like, really just took over the music business. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is right, I think MySpace was still a thing. Um, <clears throat> but I remember, you know, having a little MySpace page, but for the most part, we go, you know, you go to the club, you go to the barbershops. You'd go to the mall. You, I mean, like wherever the people were, you would go with your product. And I'd be out there with CDs, stickers, flyers, posters, like anything uh, uh, I, could, I could give you physically to put in your hand so you walk away remembering me. That's mm -hmm. how we did it. And so you had to be in people's face. So you had to be very aggressive and you had to be really out there and in people's face. When now with social media, you don't have to. You have a lot of people that just blow up out of nowhere and may not know any of the the other parts of music that make you a long term success. In my opinion, um, that affects that affects you too because when you're when you're trying to promote your music and trying to kind of like hit people up to check your music out, you're just like on the internet you're just some weird dude just hitting people up you know and people <laughs> it, 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 it could kind of like uh deter people away from from checking your music out because you're just another link you know absolutely in that sense. absolutely and not only that vp you know what you find is because and i and i and i i want to be careful with how i put this because i don't want to i don't want to like I don't want anybody to feel like I'm insulting them if you're an introvert, because I, I can be an introvert about certain things. Like my personal life, um, I'm very, I keep very private. I feel like if you want to know about my personal life, I would rather tell you about something personal in my music as opposed to just posting all day about my personal life. I'd rather you actually go and listen to it and on some music. So, so I don't want anybody to take this the wrong way, but because now you've taken away that I have to put this in your hand 
face to face, um, it's it's become a lot more comfortable for people to get out here and say they do music or they rap because, well, I never have to I never have to do it in your face. So it seemed like there was just an explosion of rappers and, you know, male rappers, female rappers, black rappers, white rappers, Hispanic rappers. It seemed like all of a sudden in a small span of time, boom, everybody's rapping. So it's very easy to get lost in all of that noise. And I think for the consumers, um, there's, I mean, it's cool that you can kind of cherry pick a little bit more who you, who you want to listen to. So you're not just forced to listen to the same stuff on the radio. I like that part of it, but I also think it's very easy for really good artists to get lost in all of the noise and all of the, 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 the social media bullshit. I just think it's very easy for folks to get lost. Absolutely, man. Cause because you just have so much to, to uh, weed through. There's so much yeah. bullshit to weed through, man. You have to, you, you have to get through 20 good artists just to find an artist that you really like. And that's if you're, you're actually looking for something new to listen to too, you know? Absolutely. Um, so do you, so that that is a huge effect. Has that have you seen that play out in in your career at all? It, oh, for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. Like I was saying, you know, when I got started, um, you know, coming out of high school and and my 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 early years in college, you know, we still had to be in your face with it. So, um, mm-hmm. when everything kind of moved online, um, I I had to readjust how I was marketing. I had to learn, you know, how do you market online? How, how do I go about taking everything that I've been doing out here in the streets in the club and how do I move that to a social media presence? And, um, you know, straight up when, whenever, whenever you're dealing with something new, if it's new to you, um, you have to learn it and you, you go through a learning curve. And so I had a real big buzz and then Around like 2007, 2008, I'd say from 2007 to 2009, that's when I really saw a lot of the music shift to nothing but online digital. And it took me a while to to learn those new tactics. And, you know, like I said, I'm <clears throat> I'm not one of those. I mean, anybody can go to my social media links and, you know, I'm. I share memes and I like all of that stuff, but it's very rarely you'll see me talking about like a lot of my heavy personal life. And one thing that, that, that I definitely been difficult for me to get into is like, I feel like this, this day and age with the social media, it's like, they want you to check in all of the time. And I have to, I have to let you know what I'm doing every day, every moment of the day. I got to let you know my innermost thoughts, what I'm eating, when I'm shitting. And it's just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate, man, I, I feel you, bro. Cause I hate that shit. I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm, I'm a little bit from, from that time and in, in age where you had to go out. That's what I was doing. Cause I, I wasn't too, too fond of the internet stuff, man. Cause I thought that shit was kind of whack. So I wanted to press up CDs. I wanted to go, uh, go to the malls and go wherever I can just to put it in your hand. You yeah. Know? And, and when, when I'm trying to promote now, um, it, it feels really weird because I'm just doing it online. I'm just talking, I'm just talking to a phone and I, like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't care about the likes. I don't care about 
who who shares I, I like i just want you to listen like that's that's it you know and 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 i just want to get a message across i want to i want people to feel my music you know but at the same time you have to stay consistent on on this damn social media thing you do. man and it and it's 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 an like annoying and it's very tedious, but at the same time, it's so necessary, man. Like how, how are, so you, you, do you keep up with it quite a bit or is it kind of like something that you're on and off with? So I keep up with it, but because right now I handle all of my own stuff, um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely not on all of them as much as I should be. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's and that, you know, hey, I'm uh, right now. I'm still I'm still an independent artist. I'm underground. You know, I manage myself. Uh, now, I do have people that I work with in regards to promotions. Um, and I do have I do have some money people because, you know, uh, well, <clears throat> you need investors. You need money to, <laughs> if you're going to do this the right way. And then you also need people that are good with money. So that way you're always, you know, OK, if I've invested uh, if I've invested $3,000 into a project, you know, then I have to make that $3,000 work for me so I can get it back. Right. Absolutely. And then once you get it back, then you can start making your gains. So you got to have people around you that are smart with business to, to do that. But um, <clears throat> when we're dealing with just the social media aspect, not going to lie, I ain't got no TikTok. I ain't got no TikTok. <laughs> I, ain't got, I ain't got no Snapchat. Right. I don't have, if you're looking for me on Snapchat, you're not going to find me. But, <laughs> you know, I got I got all the major ones. You know, I got a SoundCloud Casino ATX. I got I got a Twitter at Partyville Mayor. You know, I got the I got the Facebook. We got we got Instagram. I got the major ones. And, you know, I try to work them all through the week. Uh, some get more attention more than others, you know, but I'm usually on something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For sure, Matt. So when you say you're. You you know you're independent. Would you ever like consider signing to a major label? You know you hear all these all these talks about uh, the 360 deals, how trash sure. they are, um, all the troubles that people go through. There's there's so many artists going through their troubles right now. Like right now, Migos is going through it. Right. Um, you know different different artists. What what is your opinion on like if you could sign to a, a major label and mm. and and that you know. That's a good question, man. Um, all right. So me personally, at where I'm at today, I would sign a major deal. I would have a lot of stipulations, though. Mm -hmm. Now, the re so my approach with it is this, right? So one, I'm already a little on the older side as far as hip hop is concerned. If I was uh, if I was in rock music or anything else, nobody would care. But you know, hey, hip hop is what it is. They tend to they tend to want to hear the younger voices, so that's cool. So you got that younger sound, though, man. Your 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 music sounds timeless at this point, man. Well, thank you. To me to me personally, this, yeah. like your music, your music, you make really good music. Young, old, I feel like anybody <laughs> can rock with it. Well, no, hey, and I and I, I appreciate that, and I and I actively try to do that, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, I listen to, even if I don't like it, right? There's a difference between liking something and listening to something. So Absolutely. I might not like, what was a good example? Okay, well, you, you mentioned Migos, right? So I, I, do I think they got the best bars in the world? No, no. I, I, you know, 
but do can I can I find the entertainment value in what they're doing? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Do I want to sound current? Yes. So when I say I listen to people that are current and and that are that are at the spearhead of our of our of of the hip hop genre, then I don't want to sound like them, but I do want to sound on their level. Mm-hmm. Right. So that means if everybody is liking those uh, staccato type beats with the triplets, I'm not going to go do a whole album of that because that's Amigos Lane. But I need to be able to compete with that. So that means I need to stay within that realms of BPM. Like, man, pick a lot of a lot of a lot of these rappers don't think about it from a business standpoint. So if that's what's hot, if that's what's in. You need to be thinking about what's the easiest way for a DJ to mix your music into whatever mix they're doing. The way you do that is you're not listening to sound like the Migos. You're listening to the BPMs of the beat. You're listening to the rhythms. And can what you're bringing, if you're bringing this as your single, can the DJ rotate your song right in the middle of the Migos and, and anybody else that's popping right now? Can they mix your stuff right in the middle of that and the crowd not lose a beat? Hell yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. So I think about when I'm making stuff, I think about it from from a 360 all the way around. So a person like me, I could get a deal with a label because I'm going to be looking for more than just, oh, you're going to put my music out and make me a star and am I going to make money? No, because I'm going to look at it from this is going to launch me out there and get my name big enough to where other major people in music will know who I am. And then that's where I could go in and make my money doing other things. Cause once you get a good deal and you're in the public eye from there, it's on you. Yeah. It's absolutely. on you. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I could do it and I'd go in with a few wanting a few things. Now, whether or not a label would meet some of my demands, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. But do I think everybody should go for a deal? Absolutely not. At the end of the day, you got to ask yourself, like, what are you trying to get out of it? Anytime I meet, like when I when I come off the stage, a lot of times, like other up other other underground rappers might come over to me or uh, here in Austin, because I've been you know, I've been doing my thing for a minute in parts of Texas. You know, some rappers may have heard of me and they'll come over and be like, hey, man, how did you do this or how do you do that? Or they'll just ask me for general advice. And the first thing I always ask them is, are you doing this for art or are you doing it to make money? Mm-hmm. For the people that tell me they're doing it for art, I tell them it don't matter what you do. Just keep doing something. It don't even matter because you're doing it for the art. You're doing it for the culture. Just do stuff. Don't even matter. Sure. You don't need no. Sure. You don't need you don't need a deal. You don't need a manager. Because you're just doing it for the art. For the love. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, for the person that answers that and says, oh, I want to make money. Ah, well, you need. And then I give them a copy of a book called The Music Business Explained in Plain English. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And you need to read this. Yeah. Do studies. studies. Hell yeah. With with, uh, the, the record labels, though, man, I feel like in a way... Uh, I think we need to start uh, shifting it to to start doing different deals. Like you, you can have all the all the um, 
all the things like you your demands and things like that but i feel like we need to start shifting it to to look like phone bills or phone contracts kind of mm. like a like instead of a two album contract say hey i want a a two-year contract so that's all and and you could you could this is how we're gonna split it um whether or not i get a a album out or not you know i will we'll put out this many singles and if we do do an album then we'll split it in this this type of way i feel like we need to start shifting it just because uh the way i see the music industry going um too many artists are getting screwed over with these 360 deals when they are the ones with the talent and they are the ones that are able to make the profit for the label i feel like uh the artists should start demanding the these these type of deals but i don't know maybe i'm no, kind of crazy no actually um <clears throat> i agree with you and i and i'll go so far as to say this i mean i you know i can't give too many particulars about the deal that we have with orchard sony right now but um, I put it, I, I can say this much, uh, me nor super are locked in to any ridiculous long time contract, right? Um, we, they sat down with us. What they presented us was extremely reasonable. It made a lot of sense and it fit for what we were trying to do in that moment. Um, so I agree with you and I think that you will see especially as more and more I've really, so I know I'm kind of all over the place with this answer. Um, <laughs> I, good, VP, I think you'll start to see more of that because the artist, the one thing I can say that social media and the internet has done for this, this up and coming generation of, uh, of, uh, you know, artists, they're a lot smarter when it comes to the business side of it than my generation was. And the generation before that, um, you you still see a lot of, and you know, usually the people that get into the to the big times really fast, you still hear a lot of the horror stories with music. But then you also got a lot of artists who have been able to sustain themselves without any of that major huge stuff, and then they put other people on. You know, your Tech Nines, um, he's got a whole roster of artists on the Strange Music, and those guys. You you may never ever see any of their videos on any major well like MTV plays videos anymore anyway but you <laughs> might not see, you might not see these videos on any major platform but you go to YouTube you go to uh, Vimo Vim, you know Vimeo you go to all of these other places they have like millions of views hundreds of thousands of views and they're making money <clears throat> yeah a lot a lot more people have found out and figured out the formula on how to go and get the money themselves, how to get, get their own fan base attracted to them. You know, your Hopsons, um, you know, before a couple of years ago, logic, logic. When, when I was coming up, we would have considered logic an underground rapper. You can't really mm -hmm. consider him that in today's time and, you know, day and age. <clears throat> and you have a lot of people like that. So I think as more and more artists continue to, uh, educate themselves on how this new music business works, you will find more and more artists getting deals similar to what you're talking about. They're more like a la carte deals, just like cable, right? A couple of years ago, cable TV, if you didn't have a cable box, you just weren't seeing 
all of this stuff, right? You weren't able to see MTV, BET, VH1, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But now, yep. I don't need cable. I can go and get Sling or Hulu or whoever and get the specific channels that I want to look at. Yeah, And that's, we're starting to see that um, it's been slower with the music business because, you know, it's a business and it's a multi-billion dollar business. So, of course, they're going to try to find ways to keep their money coming in without changing the formula. But Absolutely. as more artists force them to change the formula, you will see more and more of them conform. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man, I, I I completely agree with you, man. Um, you seem very knowledgeable, man. Uh, how how long have you been doing this? I, uh, Ooh, let's see. Because <laughs> mm. I I could tell just just by the way you speak, I I could tell for a fact that you you do your studies, man. And I I really like I, I admire that. I really admire that. I appreciate it, man. I I'd say. I'd say about 17, 18 years. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. yeah. And I could still even after all those years, I could hear the hunger, I could hear the creativity, like it it seems like you're a brand new artist when I listen to your music, man. That's, well, it, that's incredible. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, VP for me it it feels like being brand new again, like when I was saying earlier, I took a break. I, I forget. I took I took a break for five years. Um, I put my last album out in 2015, and and then I I ended up taking a break. Um, I had some real. I won't go too deep into it, but I uh, one of my one of my kids passed away. Oh man, I'm sorry. And, um, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. And that that does something to you. That's a that's a that's a pain that I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that on nobody, man. You ain't supposed to outlive your kids, um, and so when that happened, just it was like the uh, I don't know, like just the faucet got turned off. All those ideas that used to be so easy to write, um, um, coming up with songs, it just I don't know, it just stopped, and. Yeah. And I, I was just kind of, I was like, okay, I think I'm done, right? I was like, all right, I mean, I did, I did it for quite a while. Um, and I was just like, mm, all right, I think I'm done. And, um, and, I, and I stopped. So coming back out now five, you know, so it was almost five years exact. It was just a little over five years when my last project dropped. So putting this out, and that's why me and Super got together and did this. You know, I was really kind of like, do I still got it? That's how I was kind of approaching it. I still got it. And in writing everything, it was like, it was like, boom, all of the ideas came back. And then it was just a flood of ideas. So it feels like I'm brand new again. And um, mm-hmm. and so I'm taking a lot of the stuff that I learned. And now it's like, OK, there's a lot of lessons that I had to learn the hard way. So now it's like, OK, um. I feel like I'm brand new again, and but I got all of this wealth of knowledge that I learned bumping my head out there in the streets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with the, yeah. with this last project, man, that man, that I'm sorry that that that, that kind of hung me up a little bit, man, because losing a child is 
man, I, I could never imagine that. I got three of my own and it, man, that kind of, it hit me, man. But, um, with this last project, uh, it seemed like you guys were, um, kind of on a lot of, uh, black excellence yeah. uh, type music, man. And it, it's such a powerful, powerful, uh, uh, type of type of music, man. It's just a powerful sound. Um, how do you, how do you personally feel about all this? Um, like we have to protest that black lives yeah. matter and it's incredible that people are, are trying to fight that and they don't understand that we like people, we have to say that black lives matter because it feels like black lives have not mattered for a long time. And it like, I, I like, it's hard to understand why pe- people are trying to uh, dispute that, you know, how do you feel about it? Well, I mean, I think you could tell from the album, you kind of get a good idea of where my stance is. Um, mm-hmm. And I, um, I've always kind of been involved in uh, uh, social politics and, and certain things of that nature. What's different, what's different now is this. Um, I, I, feel like, I feel like my viewpoint is a little bit more nuanced now. So from one hand, well, you know, growing, living a, as a black man in this country my entire life, I, I see that aspect of it. Um, I've, I've dealt with, you know, overzealous police officers. Not every single cop I've ever dealt with was like that, but I've dealt with my, my fair share. I've dealt with those ones who are just, oh, well, what are you doing over here in this neighborhood? Like, well, I live here. Like, what kind of question is that? You know, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, so I've dealt with that side of it. Um, but being a little older now and having met so many, I've lived like all over the country and I've met like so many different people from all different type walks of life <clears throat> and social media. Th- this is, this is the gift and the curse of social media, right? Social media has exposed us to how much we stay in our own bubble. Right. Yeah. Um, and the thing that really taught me this was um, 2016 during the Trump, the, when Trump won, right? So building yeah. up to that, there was a lot of people I was really cool with that I used to hang out with and, you know, we'd be smoking and drinking and I would be at clubs and, and they just be completely immersed in black culture, you know, cause I'll, I'll only see them at the hip hop shows or see them at anything hip hop or quote unquote black related. And then when all of that was going on and you find out, wait, how are you a Trump supporter? And you realize how we only intersect a lot of us, not everybody, but a lot of us only intersect in certain realms. And I realized I was only intersecting with these people that I that I that I knew when it just came to our our taste and entertainment. Mm -hmm. When it came down to our actual views and how you look at life and what you're looking for, for a president and et cetera, et cetera. And what's really heavy on your mind. That's when it was exposed. We're all in our own bubbles. If we're lucky, sometimes our bubbles overlap in certain areas, but a lot of the times they don't. So as I started to converse and talk to more of the people that, that I knew that all of a sudden were, you know, cause like I said, I grew up here in Texas. It's still a red state. I live in a blue dot in a red state. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, so, you know, you start talking to them 
And then you find your conversations going outside of music. So it's like, well, why are you voting for Trump? Um, and then you start seeing their thought process from that. And as silly as this is going to sound, probably to a person like yourself, and, and as silly as it sounded to me the first time I heard somebody say this, but a lot of people genuinely did think racism was over because we had a black president. And it's just like, huh, you know, and you got to step back and think about it. And so I've what I've learned to do is I try to I try to dedicate that type of energy and my time to how do I educate somebody to why why does me saying black lives matter? Why is that so important? And how can I get you to understand that without offending you? Right? Or without attacking you, I should say. Because sometimes we don't it's really hard not to try to offend somebody in this yeah. point of age. Like, yeah, they they get really like aggressive, man. Absolutely, and that's why I had to switch what I was saying. Um, I think sometimes you got to be willing to offend a person, um, but mm-hmm. I can I can challenge what you're thinking about without doing it in a manner that makes you feel belittled or make you feel stupid. And I think that's that's a big that's a big problem we have now is that people just want to attack each other. And anytime I've attacked somebody, you know, they've justifiably so got defensive. (laughs) You don't defend yourself if you feel like you got attacked. So I feel like it's, it's on me to get my point across and try to, and try to educate you or, or enlighten you to black lives matter and just, systemic racism period in a way where you don't feel like I'm attacking you now. Yeah. So, Oh, yo, I was just going to say now on the flip side, you got some people you just can't talk to now, those types, uh, you know, yeah, now them, I don't mind attacking them, but if you want to have a, um, if you want to have a back and forth dialogue, if you really, if you really are curious and wanting to know or don't understand, but you're willing to have a have a conversation, even if it gets heated. I'm cool with that. Uh, as long as we're not attacking each other. Yeah. Yeah. And we and those conversations are really important, man. Like I um do you do you how do you feel about about Kanye running right now, man? How do you feel about that? Oh man. <laughs> you know. Well, I, I, he's definitely not going to get a vote from me, but, mm-hmm. um, oh man, you know, he's, he's so hard to read. He's so hard to read. There's a part of me, there's a part of me that that's like, okay, typical Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. He's got, he's, he's very outspoken. He's all, I mean, as long as I can remember, he's been like that extremely outspoken guy. And, um, uh, he's got a lot of willpower. So when you mix those two things together, people like that think they could do anything. So maybe he's seriously running. I don't know. But then there's a part of me that feels like this is all a publicity stunt. So mm-hmm. I'm not really sure how to feel about him. All I know is this. He he hasn't produced. He hasn't produced an actual platform saying anything that would make me think he's seriously running for president. Yeah. 
it's almost like because uh, he he announced that he was running for president, and I think after or before he he announced he was dropping an album. So it's almost like he was trying to do a, a promo run. Yeah, but with the, the country shut down, he he just needed like something to to like kind of <laughs> promote his album a little bit, you know? Exactly. Almost, that, yeah, that's almost what it seemed like, man. <laughs> yeah, because I think they were if they weren't in the same week, they were within one or two weeks of each other, right? He announced one, yeah. and he said, oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm also putting this out. Yeah, 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 man. Um, so, um, getting back to music a little bit, are are you, uh, so that album that you and Super Drop, was that, was that at the beginning of this year or last year? Actually, we just put that, that out a month ago. Oh, okay, I, I I try to remember when I seen that. So yeah. okay, yeah, that. So you guys just dropped that. Are you guys? I mean, everything's locked down right now. I know they're doing a, a like they're opening up a little bit there in Texas. Are you guys able to to go out and perform at all? We did. Um, we did a show the week the album dropped. That was June, uh, June twenty seventh or something like that. I want to say. Uh, we did a show in San Antonio, um, uh, night, you know, nice little turnout. Uh, but yeah, right now with, with, with all of the COVID stuff kind of ramping back up and getting bad again. Yeah. We're not able to do a lot of stuff at shows. Now we did do a, um, we did a uh, live stream from the studio that, that we work out of. And, um, we got, we got a little over a thousand people tuned in. And, uh, you know, we, we, we premiered some tracks off the album. People asked questions and, you know, stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, so if that looks, if that looks like the route to go, we may end up doing more type stuff like that. Um, and those are cool because it's a little different, uh, but I like it. <clears throat> it's kind of like when I would do small shows, like sometimes you'd perform in a venue that would only hold like maybe 150. 250 people right um so those were the smaller shows so what i liked about those smaller shows was um i might be able to take a break uh in the middle of the set and had a dj you know maybe just play an instrumental and and you might even talk to the crowd or i might take i might have them stop the music before each song and then i can be like hey this next song i'm about to do it was about blah 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 right yeah, you get, you get to be more of the people. You get to go interact. Um, you you could like with those smaller shows, you could potentially get to shake every hand, have a conversation with a lot of people. Man, it's, exactly. it's a lot of good, a lot of good footwork. You got it, and that's how I look at when we did the um when we did the the uh, the live the live uh, the live premiere of the album. <clears throat> we actually got to. You know, people would, you'd see the questions they're typing, so you could directly respond to somebody right there. So I actually like that. It reminded me of doing those smaller shows. But actually, you could get a much bigger audience out, you know, because you're not limited to the amount of space. <clears throat> so that's probably what we're going to end up doing more of until God, God willing, all of this stuff, uh, you know, blows over. Hopefully, either it, it, it subsides or we find the cure or. Well, we probably won't find a cure, but maybe we get a decent vaccine or something. I don't know. We'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> no doubt, man. So what, what, 
I'm I'm trying to do here with this with this podcast. It's invest in podcast. I want to talk to people um, about how they are investing in themselves um, more and more. Um, so I like how do you feel like your as you invest in your career more and more? How where do you see yourself going um, from this point on? What like what do you want out of out of this? Well. What do I want out of it? Huh. You know, I get asked that question probably more now than I did at any point when I was doing music before. Um, and that's not a bad thing. I, it just shows to how people's thinking, I think, has evolved when it comes to this type of stuff. Um, what I want. Well, really, I, I, the, the next step for me, I honestly see myself probably doing a lot more work with uh uh music for TV, music for movies. Um I love writing. Um I've kind of, you know, I've I've done quite a lot. My name never got to the point to where I was like any household name or anything, but uh you name it, I probably opened up for them. I've toured. I've done the whole running around from state to state doing music. I did the whole party. I've done all the party life stuff. I'd be happy now with man uh uh, I, there's, there's a lot of artists I'd love to work with. I'd love to see, I could probably see myself getting heavy into songwriting, writing, writing songs for other people to perform, uh, collaborating with other artists and then being theirs and playing more of a background role. Um, I do production as well. So I like to make beats. I like to write songs. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind going heavy into that, into that range into that field and then maybe every blue moon drop an album or something when I'm feeling it or I got a, got a hair on my ass, but I, yeah. I'd, I'd really love to get into that part of it. Even ghostwriting. I've done, I've done, done a little bit of ghostwriting for a few people. Um, okay. the thing with ghostwriting, you know, you got to kind of keep it, you got to keep some of that kind of to yourself under wraps, depending on the contract. Um, I've done, I've written songs for two major artists. Um, and the rest has been like, I've collaborated on a few joints here and there. Like I said, I'm good with hooks. So I've written a few hooks for some folks. Uh, that's a route that I'd really like to get more into. Yeah, I, I could see you doing that a lot, man. Cause those, those hooks on that last album were crazy, <laughs> crazy hooks, man. But yeah, man. Um, so, uh, hold on. <laughs> my bad i'm I, i've been i'm gonna cut this out but i've been drinking a little bit bro and i <laughs> I, <it> just, <laughs> I get i get nervous with this damn podcast bro especially talking to people i, I never talked to but you've been, oh you've been, well, yeah. you've, been I, you've been a really cool dude man and i like i i feel like like you just <laughs> talking to me man it, it, it really like i i feel like we could connect a lot man <laughs> oh yeah man I, I i try to do that um so all right i'll tell you you could use this or not it's totally up to you um okay. years ago i was uh you remember that guy mims this is why i'm hot yes Hell all yeah. right so i had a i had a pretty big song out at the at the time it was a song i had called game time um mm-hmm. <clears throat> so uh that song like it's probably the closest I've gotten to a major hit. Like that song used to get played on the radio everywhere. Um, like I, I toured 
just about everywhere in America off that song. So one of the tours, uh, my manager at the time, he got us on. We were touring with Mims. And um, he was very awkward. Um, very awkward in his interviews. And he came across real standoffish. Okay, right? Yeah. So I remember watching one or two of his interviews and that, that struck a chord with me because, you know, like he would answer a question and, you know, nothing, I, I don't know this man personally or nothing. We didn't become friends or nothing on the tour. So outside of this, I really don't know how he acted. He didn't really interact with us too much either, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll yeah. save any other mem stories I got for off, off the mic. But, uh, <laughs> but I remember how <laughs> I remember how awkward he just seemed in his interviews. And so um, I remember, you know, because when you're touring and doing that type of stuff, you you end up doing like you spend half your time doing interviews. The other half of the time you're prepping for shows. Right. So mm-hmm. um, uh, he was in a rush. So we, we ended up interviewing after him. Typically, we interviewed before him. Because he was the person with a major deal, he was he would get interviewed last. Yeah. But this particular day, I think they were in a rush to do something. So he went before us. And I just remember I hadn't watched him interview before, but I just remember thinking he was mad awkward. And, you know, like it 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 was like they had to pull, it was like pulling teeth, getting him to give more than just a base answer to the question. And um yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember watching that. So then we did our interview, and it was just like Man, I'm just gonna talk to this dude like he just somebody from up the street. <laughs> and I do that with all my interviews now. It's like we just two people chopping it up. Uh, you know, you're taking the time to 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 talk to me and ask me my opinion about shit. Uh least I can do is sound and interested and act like I wanna be here. Yeah, man. And it it goes back to that type of, of a social media thing too, man, because I'm I'm this is all kind of like new to me. Like I just started listening to podcasts back in like 2016 or whatever. And like okay. I, I've just felt like wanting to do one for so long and now I'm finally doing one. I'm just trying to like it's getting used to all this all this media stuff, like I just trying to produce content and things like that. But yeah, man, I you are very easy to talk to. I really appreciate you uh, chopping it up with me, man. Yeah, man. Uh, is there any? Is there anything that you're you're working on um, now, or or are you just kind of trying to um, promote this latest album um, for right now and not not jump into the next thing? Well, I'm definitely um, definitely we still got quite a we still got quite a lot of work to do with this album. I mean, like I said, it just came out about a month ago. Um, so, you know, there we're we're gearing up to shoot. We're going to shoot a video. Uh, we're trying to decide which of the two singles to shoot a video to uh, with all of the with all of the the social distancing stuff going on. We had to pull back. We were going to do a video to do the math at first. And man, we had like this wild concept with like I was going to shoot it at a friend of mine's karate dojo. And we we're going to do all this crazy. It was going to be like a, a 70s uh, uh, karate flick. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, yeah. Uh, I still want to do that, but we got to wait until all the social distance guidelines have eased up and we can, you know, get more people together. So <clears throat> we're trying to we're trying to decide uh, on the next single. I, I think we know we're going to probably go with fake friends, but we're we're, we're trying to decide. Um, so we got to do that. 
push this album some more. But I've already started writing. Dude, I think I'm I'm writing like three three other projects right now. Um and uh it's like I said, getting back out here doing this project, it 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 just reawakened all of my music, all of my music stuff. And so um, you know, I'm working on some solo joints next that I'll be that I'll be gearing up, getting ready to go. Um mm-hmm. and yeah, like I man, I plan on if uh Lord willing, if I could drop at least one more project before the end of this year, that's the goal. Hell yeah, man. Well, I, I wish you all the best, man. You are a very fascinating person to learn about. Um, I, I hope you and Super have a very fruitful career. Um, sounds like you, you've been through a lot, man. And, and I, I wish you all the best, dude. Um, thank you so much for, for, for chopping it up with me. Um, it, yeah. if you want to um, drop your social media links one more time so they know where to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, uh, like I said, very easy to find. You could first just Google Casino ATX. Google that. Um, that should bring you to any of my pages. If you want something direct, though, I'm on Facebook, um, Casino ATX. I'm on Instagram, Casino ATX. <laughs> uh, I'm on Bandcamp, Casino ATX. I'm on SoundCloud, mm-hmm. Casino ATX. The only one that's different is my Twitter. Cause somebody already took Casino ATX, bastard. Um, <laughs> my Twitter handle is at Partyville Mayor, so I'm easy to find. The Partyville Mayor uh, of Austin, Texas, and uh, Casino ATX. Everything else, I'm easy to find. Stop by, listen to some music, old or new. Uh, leave a like, leave a comment. Even if you don't like it, leave a comment. Tell me why you didn't like it. I take constructive criticism very easy. So. Holla at me. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it one more time, and, and I wish you the best, brother.